Hey there, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and tuning in once again to TLC Presents Conversations. Check out who's sitting next to me. This is Brandon Gottsector, president of Superior Fresh. Brandon, welcome. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having me. Absolutely a pleasure. I got to tell you, man, I am as fired up as a three-legged man in an ass-kicking contest for this conversation because you <laughs> are exactly what I love, which is ag technology, organic 2.0, and raising the bar out there to provide good food to as many people as possible. Um, I am thrilled that you're taking the time to hang out. I have a ton of questions I want to get into with you so people can understand what you guys are up to. I have said this before publicly. I'll say it again right now. These guys are doing some stuff that is so impressive and so worthy of our time and our energy and to uplift this brand. So with that being said, Brandon, you ready for a boatload of questions? Sounds great. I look forward to it. Cool. All right, let's go. Dude, let's start right. First basic question. Let's get people up to speed. What is Superior Fresh? Oh boy, I'll try to keep it short. Um, (laughs) uh, Superior Fresh is uh, just simply the integration of an aquaculture facility and a hydroponic greenhouse. And it's taken uh, an awful long time to get to where we are. Uh, We've been producing uh, fish and organic leafy green vegetables for about four years now. Um, but it's been, it's been an intense road, but I mean, truly it comes from the passion of Todd and Karen Warnick. I mean, they really wanted to drive, uh, drive home a a sustainable agribusiness. Um, we, uh, we originally focused on fish and aquaculture actually in about 2011 as we, when we started looking at, uh, various species of, um, of fish to grow indoors and land-based systems, because we knew about the, uh, you know, the sustainability side, the water resource side, and uh, uh, wanted to take it to the next level. And so after a couple of years, we decided that aquaculture standalone was a difficult business by itself. So right. we went up ourselves and yeah, attach a hydroponic greenhouse. So um, uh, truly making an aquaponic system. And it's, it's definitely one of a kind. There's no two ways about that. And for those who get a little bit deeper, Superior is the first uh, land-based Atlantic salmon producer in the United States, right? And from that, they've got a greenhouse that's doing certified organic leafy greens. So give a quick frame up from a backstory there, just so people kind of get their head around, like how truly cool is this? So here's a hundred dollar question. Share with everybody where this idea came from. <laughs> well, um, you know, to be honest with you, it was an evolution over time, you know? So right. aquaculture, for sure. I mean, everybody knows and understands what's happening with our oceans today. Where does aquaculture need to go? Uh, or, or where does, you know, fish need to go? And how right. do we continue to support seafood? Um, and it's leading towards aquaculture. And the biggest thing is about water and water use and, and your ability to recycle. And to be honest with you, over time, uh, we needed to find a solution for our waste from, you know, in all farms have some sort of waste, right? And so these aquaculture systems standalone definitely have a byproduct, you know, right. in the fish waste. And so um, after diving into it and looking hard over a couple of years on, on what to do with this waste, we decided that we really needed to dive into aquaponics and, and really look at this closer. And um, yeah, aquaponics came, the aquaponics idea for us really came uh, from a, a true solution to handling the waste. You know, let's create uh, something that's great, an organic leafy green vegetable off of what is otherwise a byproduct from an aquaculture facility. It only makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah, 100%. So let's back up a little bit. I mean, I wanted to get a little frame up of the company was, but sure. for those that are listening, it's like, okay, well, what does this all mean? Can you give us a quick little synopsis of what is aquaculture? Well, I mean, obviously, just real simply, it's farming fish, right? Right. Um, we're, we're, we're much further along in the fact that uh, we're able to recycle water within the facility over and over and over again. In fact, we're recycling about 99% of our water within the aquaculture building by itself. So we've got multiple recycle systems that's using various forms of technology that's actually used in many different applications with water treatment systems or other aquaculture facilities. Uh, but putting all the right pieces in the right places is, is super important to maintaining the proper water quality for the fish. Sure. I love it. Okay. So then what's hydroponics? Well, it, most people know, obviously. Um, but yeah, just simply raising uh, vegetables without the, the use of soil outdoors. Right. So combine the two together, get you aquaponics. Right. right. So our, it's yeah. Con- yeah. So, um, you, so you marry so, the two technologies together to find a new path. Exactly. And sorry to interrupt. I, you no. know, our, our, 
our idea was a, a, a little bit different in the fact that we wanted to look at you know, commercial aquaculture, have a commercial recycle system that could be almost a standalone system, right? It can operate independently of the greenhouse and the greenhouse can run as a hydroponic facility independently of the fish house. And, um, you know, we spent a lot of time, I mean, well over two years, just focusing on the true, the true integration of the two. How do you handle, handle the solids? How do you break down the nutrients so that the plants have those uh, to, for uptake, right? Right. So, I want to get into the whole system part of it as well, right? I'm going to get a little deeper in the weeds. You're going to sure. use a lot of words that are probably fly right over the top of my head, which is fine. <laughs> most words, most words over five letters do anyways. So you, you set out to build a system that really is organic centric, right? In, in a lot of ways, um, especially when and, and get into it about how you treat the fish and what you do. So one of the things that fascinated me in, in getting into your story is that you guys have created technology um, to become organic and to stay organic and to be organic. I mean, your facility was built and I mean, this is not a small facility, total acreage of the whole facilities. How big? About 15 acres under about 15 acres. So it's not, mm -hmm. it's not the, it's not a backyard garage project, right? It's legit. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So with that being said, and I don't want to give anything away and obviously not, but can you talk a little bit about some of the technology that you guys have done the, in general terms that you can share sure. with us a little bit that have come out of, of this brainchild? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the systems are very much decoupled, right? So um, we take the, the nutrient uh, rich water and the solids from the fish and we're able to, to break down those solids. And this was all designed right. around, you know, that exact same thought. We have to find a solution to do this organically, right? That was important to us. It was important to our owners. Um, and it took a lot of time to, to figure out the details with that. And so obviously there's a lot of IP within the facility and how we handle, handle the solids and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we basically, we, ha we have digesters in the facility. I basically, I call them a digester, but it's basically doing just that. It's just a big giant fish stomach, right? And so um, uh, a lot of bacteria, beneficial bacteria, you know, that's the biggest thing that people don't really focus on or see necessarily within a facility like this. They see big, beautiful Atlantic salmon. They see big, beautiful heads of lettuce. But um, the thing that we have to embrace the most is the bacteria that's giving us the opportunity to just utilize the nutrients from the, from the waste. So, right. um, yeah, definitely a lot of moving parts between, between the facilities, but that was kind of our main focus. I mean, that along with, you know, biosecurity and food safety was an important piece of the puzzle. I learned a lot of that from the aquaculture side, um, and carrying that mentality and thought process over to, uh, the hydroponic side was important. So, uh, yeah, it's well-rounded from that standpoint. Cool. So let's talk about fish waste, because when we talk about land-based fish, we talk about net pens in the ocean, we talk about wild caught in the ocean, these different things. There's a lot happening right now in the net pen ocean industry. And one of the big problems is fish waste. I mean, you, there's, they're taking, they're taking these, these pens out of the ocean because of some of the problem they have. So I want to talk specifically what happens with your fish waste versus what's happening with ocean farm fish waste. Sure. Well, I mean, Fish waste to us is, I mean, it's its liquid gold, right? That's the nutrients for our greenhouse. Right so we need to capture as much of it as we possibly can. We don't right. want any of it to go to waste, right? Um, so yeah, within the systems here, we capture all the waste from the facility. Eventually it gets broken down to the point where you'll have solids to the point where you can't utilize it anymore. So that solids uh, all gets captured right on site here and then gets land applied. So that's a whole nother piece of the puzzle, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, we, we utilize as many nutrients as possible. You know, it starts with the fish food. Obviously the fish consumes as much as it can uh, or, you know, utilizes as much of the nutrients from the feed it, it can. And then we utilize whatever's uh, left over for the organic uh, leafy green side. Um, so our facility here in Wisconsin is zero discharge from production systems. So, and when I say that, I mean, uh, you know, anything that goes, uh, any water within the fish system or the hydroponic system is all captured, stored on site. You know, we've got long winters, so we do have to store it for a period of time, but then we irrigate all that water right back onto the land. And then we've got another crop and we're actually converting, uh, what was originally alfalfa to all native flowers and grasses right on the site here, which is a pretty cool part of the story. Very cool part of the story. And, you know, something I left off in the beginning of all this, because I, you know, often another tangent in my own uh, mind talking in five different conversations. <laughs> you guys are in the middle of central Wisconsin. Right. You guys are in the middle of the United States pulling this off, which is even cooler to me because it shows 
the ability to bring food to the people on a global scale. And I find that to be just super encouraging. You bet. I mean, a few years ago, polar vortex, and it's been 95 plus degrees outside for the last week and a half year. So, I mean, we're seeing some major, some major environmental changes right here in Wisconsin. So if we can do no. it here, we should be able to do it anywhere. For sure you can. And that's what I love about this opportunity with you guys. I mean, I think about putting fish in the middle of the desert, putting fish in places that, you know, to have such a clean, high valued protein followed up by having such a clean valued piece of fruit or vegetable coming out of your facility is mm -hmm. just killer. So you talked about using a lot of water, right? And, you know, obviously the fish are swimming, the greenhouse is doing its thing. But one thing you touched on was the fact that you're only, you know, you're recirculating 99% of your water, which is pretty darn impressive. Was that originally what you guys intended to do when you thought this idea through? Or did that really become a bigger, better part of adding the hydroponics into the aquaculture facility? I'm going to screw that up. I'm just telling you right now, there's no way I'm going to get through <laughs> all three of those without jacking that up. <laughs> no worries. Well, actually, so on the uh, just the aquaculture side, we're recycling 99% of the water. When we actually consider the amount of water um, being recycled between the greenhouse and the fish house, it's closer to 99.9% .9 of the water. Unbelievable. Um, which is, it, it takes it a whole step further. It actually gives us, it sounds like a small percentage, but it adds up to thousands and thousands of gallons. Um, um, but that reduced amount of water used to produce the food that we're producing um, you know, allows us to locate here in Wisconsin, not have to discharge to surface waters of the state. Um, I mean, we want to utilize every last drop uh, possible. We're actually um, playing around with some different technologies as well right now that will be able to, or give us the ability to use even less water. And so, I mean, that's a constant thing that we're working on in-house. I mean, you know, water is, I, I live in a state where water is going to be front and center every day going forward. Mm -hmm. We're, we're 125 year drought problem. There's, you know, if we get a cloud floating through the San Joaquin Valley between now and August, I'd be shocked. Um, right. It's a real problem. So to hear that about water, I think is great. Sticking with the fish a little bit before we jump over to the, to the, to the greenhouse, highlight some of the differences between your fish and what you guys are doing, because I think it is so cool versus wild caught or even other people that might be farming fish. Sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, um, obviously, we're growing these these fish in a controlled environment. So we've got thousands of different monitoring points within the system measuring, you name it, um, sump levels, pumps on and off, um, water quality, water chemistry. It's happening 24-7, right? We're constantly monitoring it. So these, these fish are living in an environment that's ideal for them uh, year round, day and night. And so our fish are never treated with antibiotics, uh, again, because we can control the inputs, right? They're never treated with pesticides or herbicides, not necessarily used in aquaculture often, but um, that doesn't have to go in our water, right? Obviously, we've got organic uh, greens on the greenhouse side. Um, our fish have uh, consistently shown to have two to three times more omega-3s than any other Atlantic salmon that we've tested, which is hugely important. I mean, that's another big piece of the puzzle is, you know, we can do this more sustainably, but we want the best products for the customers, right? And so we want high omega-3s. We want our consumers to know that they can, you know, trust our product. And it truly, it, just because it says salmon doesn't necessarily mean it's high in omega-3s and it's good for you, right? Um, so that's another in, very important piece of the puzzle. We also feed our fish an uh, all organic diet. So it's actually certified organic in Canada. Uh, there's not really an option here in the U.S. yet. So hopefully yet. When, we're going to get not, there. Right. When the time comes. Yeah, we're ready. So, I mean, it's it's exciting. Um, so, but we're not skimping on, on the feed, right? It, it, it's a very important piece of the puzzle. What you put in that fish is what you're going to get out of that fish. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, really, really great fish. And here's the other thing a lot of people in the aquaculture world don't like to talk about necessarily, but it's off flavor. And I'll talk about it here a little bit today. It's extremely important. You can build a big, amazing, expensive, beautiful facility and you can raise fish. And if they don't taste good, you're going to be in trouble. And so that's another, that's been another really big focus point for us to make sure that we've got the best tasting fish. Um, and uh, we're, we're extremely confident in SOPs that we put in place to make sure that our fish are on flavor every time. High in omega-3s, organic diet, quality fish. <laughs> in America, making it happen, adding, you know, helping the ocean. Like I said, it's why I love ag technology. It's why I love businesses like this, because I think they have such a great importance 
to help us change this planet in such a positive way. Dude, I got to tell you, it's pretty impressive. I've tried the fish. I, you know, you. Full disclosure, I've had the fish. The fish yeah. does not suck. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is really, really good. <laughs> but, you know, and, and something that I want to call out that I think that, that I find incredibly um, commendable is that you're essentially raising these fish under organic premises, under organic standards, even though we don't have any set yet in this country. But you're you're putting, you know, you're already heading out that path with almost like no ROI in some fashion because you can't even call out the fact that you have organic fish. So, you know, when I hit the bell earlier about we got to get there, I think we got to get there because I think it's going to be super important. I think it's, you know, I would buy it. I think it's important to me. I think it's important to a lot of people. So I commend you guys for going down that path right now and blazing a trail ahead of everybody else um, to set the bar like you're setting and to see the omega-3s as high as they are. I mean, that's got to be somewhat proportional to what food they're eating and the environment that they're in, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you can't you can't fake it with these fish, right? I mean, um, if they're healthy, you know, healthy and happy, they're not going to get sick, right? And so uh, if, if you don't get these fish sick, then you don't have to give them antibiotics. You know, you don't, we don't have to worry about sea lice, um, and, and feeding these fish pesticides. We don't have to worry about that stuff. So, um, you know, and it goes back to, you know, the true, you know, mission and vision, uh, of, of the company and ultimately from Todd and Karen is it's to produce a, a you know, a better option. I mean, there there's, these fish are just, they're, they're great. Um, and we're going to keep telling that message. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to tell them, you know, or give that message and tell our story because it, it needs to get out there. Well, I think it's important, right? I, th- I think that if we want to have uplifting conversations, we want to change the food narrative. We want to figure out a way to feed all these people that are coming. We're going to have to find a better way than what we're doing. The oceans are going to run out of gas, right? Um, yep. We're depleting them faster than they're restoring themselves. And we're going to have to make some changes. And I think this is an alternative of change that is certainly, certainly worth conversation and certainly worth discussing and trying to figure out a way um, to bring everybody alongside and recognize that we could do some really cool stuff. And this is definitely, to me, some really, really cool stuff. I want to jump down to the other side of the property and let's talk about the, the greenhouse a little bit. So share with us a little bit about what um, certified organic crops are coming out of your greenhouse? So we've trialed a lot of stuff. Um, currently in production, we have uh, usually around 17 to 20 different varieties of leafy green vegetables. So everything from um, kale, mustard, arugula, right. uh, green romaine, red romaine, things like that. We, we've, um, we've grown a lot of herbs. So basil, dill, mint, thyme, cilantro, things like that. So that's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. They perform really, really well in aquaponics setting. Um, and we're also playing around with, with some cool stuff. I mean, strawberries would be, you know, an awesome product to have. So we're playing around with some of that. Um, so, but it's a deep water, deep water culture, DWC type system. And it, it seems to be the, the, the best way to integrate the aquaponics or the, you know, the aquaculture side. So, um, but yeah, we've got, let's see, a, just over 10 acres of actual grow space and 13 acres um, under glass right now, um, mostly dedicated to leafy green vegetables. Wow, that's pretty impressive, especially when you start thinking about strawberries and some of this other stuff. That's, I'm excited I to hear about wait. that. We're going to get it going. I you love bet. it. So let's talk a little bit more about the water, right? Um, so take me a little bit deeper into what happens with the water once it kind of comes into the greenhouse. So it starts, starts over with the fish. You guys work your magic. You bring over that stuff. You bring over a beautiful organic fertilizer. You know, organic guys are all using fish for the most part, a lot of them anyway. So you're bringing that fish mm-hmm. over here. Tell us a little bit of the life cycle at that point of the water. Sure. And so it, it really depends on different times of the year um, on how the water, how much water goes to each pool. So we've got 27 different production pools. Each production pools uh, a little over 15,000 square feet or so. Uh, and we've got, you know, various controls on how much water is being delivered to a pool at any given time, um, all coming from the digesters over from the fish house. And so, and, and mind you, all this, um, uh, all these nutrients, this water is, is filtered very well, right? And so, um, but all this water comes over um, from the digesters and is recycled within each production pool over and over and over and over again. Um, so each pool has its own recycle system. And then depending on wow. how much water, 
Yeah, and depending on how much water we put into the pools, um, all depends on the crop or the nutrient needs of that individual crop. And then ultimately that water is overflowed, disinfected, and then goes back to the fish. Um, so pretty cool cycle with a lot of control. So, so, the water, so the water comes in from the fish, got its you know, nutrient load, passes through the greenhouse, right? The fish, or the, excuse me, the, 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 the lettuce or whatever's growing uptakes that. That water moves back out, gets basically redigested and back over to the fish house. So it's almost as if the fish and the lettuce and the lettuce and the fish are like a cover cropping system. That's exactly right. That's a great way to put it. Wow. That's pretty damn cool. So let's go into, you know, obviously in a greenhouse, and I just kind of a softball question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. I think it's relevant when we start talking about water and some of these other issues. Do you have any water runoff at all? And if so, how much? So um, let's see, water, water runoff. Um, when you're talking about, you know, any water that actually runs off the facility, obviously yeah. that goes to stormwater ponds. Um, right. But all the water that's used for production systems, and this is an aquaculture thing. You know, a lot of guys in hydroponics that have greenhouses capture rainwater from the roof. Um, they store that rainwater and then they use it to irrigate the plants. Well, with the aquaculture side, there could be a lot of, you know, biosecurity risks associated with that. So mm -hmm. uh, we use well water here. So we've got two high cap wells on site um, and we've got a high cap well or multiple high cap wells here so that we can fill tanks up quickly. But ultimately we're using around one gallon a minute for every hundred thousand pounds of food that we're producing. Uh, wow. So that's kind of a, a cool stat. And that includes both leafy greens and fish, right? So um, when you look at the total output and production of the facility, it's, it's on very little water, but the biosecurity piece on the aquaculture side is very important. So any, again, anything that goes into those production systems, any water that goes into aquaculture, the aquaculture side and or the hydroponic side all gets captured on site and utilized here. But again, we're not putting any feed. There's no additional nutrients into that. Um, we actually uh, worked with um, Jackson County here in Wisconsin, who has been really, really good to work with on a phosphorus trading program. So we've got some background phosphorus in our well water, uh, which we can't necessarily control, right? So uh, we do phosphorus trading with them. So we actually, there's a, a stream nearby, uh, just a couple of miles down the road, actually, um, that was experiencing um, a ton of sloughing off on, on the hills and the, the, the banks and mm -hmm. egg fields up above, right? And so what we've actually done is we've gone in there and um, compacted the banks, put riprap in, in and along the banks. We put in um, fish structure for trout breeding and things like that. So that was a really cool alternative um, versus, you know, doing something different with this water, right? Right. Well, some people, to your point, don't have anything to do with the water. And I know that there's guys out there that, you know, doing my research, guys that are use the word fracking with their water now to just sure. pile it back down on the ground because they, they can't get rid of it because they can't clean. They can't cover crop it like you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think our solution is much better. <laughs> I 100% agree your solution is much better. And you're putting and you're working to put out an organic fish, which I think is totally killer. So in talking a little bit more about the water, and I'm going to get into the wastewater thing a little bit more. Um, oh, get this. This is a good little humor. Downstream in our talk. I just came to me at the top of my head. I'm, I had two shows on Thursday. No pun intended. Tip the, yeah, try the veal, tip the waitress. So can you kind of compare and contrast a little bit about the water usage that um, for you to grow a head of lettuce, say, versus what somebody might be doing outside? I know it's a little sticky of a subject, but the there's data out there. And I know that you, you guys are pretty hip to data. You're a data business. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, this is obviously water use, again, is, is kind of top on the priority list for us. And so we're thinking, you know, if you were to take a, about 150 gram head of lettuce or um, one container, you know, four and a half, five ounce container of, of baby greens, um, it takes us about a half a gallon uh, to produce that versus I, literature says what 12 to 15, even sometimes 20 gallons um, for one head outside. of lettuce outside, outside. right? And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a huge piece. And this water is also raising Atlantic salmon on the front end. So right. you know, that's not even included in that number, right? So that's an important piece. Uh, that's why I think that's why I just love what you guys do. That's why, you know, I, I love this conversation because I think that what you are saying 
A, needs to be said, needs to be celebrated, but I think a lot of people need to hear the fact that things are happening out there that are really kind of organic centered in a lot of it, you know, philosophically, um, because it's, it's, it's playing into protecting the planet, doing more, doing better than what we had. That's kind of the marching orders that I was under, you know, when I started my career, you know, A, it was always about the food. That was the most important thing, but it was also about healing the planet. And I think you guys are doing that. It's obviously, um, very obvious to me that you guys are being organic is super important to you, right? Um, all the way through your system. So does growing in a controlled environment help manage your inputs um, differently than you would be doing otherwise? Uh, you know, if you were outside lettuce growing, I mean, you know, because you have that ability to have a little bit more control from start to finish of the entire process. Sure. Yeah, I, I maybe making an assumption a little bit because I don't have a ton of experience with uh, hydroponic standalone, right? I uh, mostly background in, in aquaculture and obviously a lot of background in aquaponics now. But I would say absolutely our, our, our biggest input, our really our main input, obviously, is fish food, you know, so um, we get basically 99% of the nutrients needed from the fish food for the plants to grow. Um, obviously, there's some organic micro uh, micronutrients that we can add to the system when needed, but it's very rare. Um, and it's it's really all about the ratios, right? So how many uh, pounds of fish food do you put in the system every day? And what does that deliver for an output on the on the greenhouse side? And we spent a lot of time trying to, you know, figure out those numbers, but at the same time, maximize them. So what's your, what's your conversion ratio? I mean, when it talks about, you know, how much can you, you produce X amount of fish to get X amount of produce type of a thing? Is it, do you have uh, that data? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So uh, first of all, I mean, protein in general isn't very efficient. I think most people know that. Um, but uh, when it comes to Atlantic salmon. And, or, and when you just, just not to stop you, when you say protein, we're talking about cows, we're talking about pigs. Yes, yes. Yeah, right. Yes, on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so uh, Atlantic salmon or, or most seafood, right? They're not fighting gravity. So Atlantic salmon, um, our feed conversion ratio is about 1.1 to 1. Um, so 1.1 pounds of feed in the system, one pound of Atlantic salmon out of the system. And then what's really cool about the aquaponics model is we actually get up to another 10 pounds of organic leafy greens out of the system. Um, now it depends on what you Beautiful. grow. It's not easy to achieve, but I would say, I mean, seven to 10 pounds of leafy greens out of the facility is something that we, we do every day, which is, is pretty incredible. So you're kind of flipping the scales there on your inputs versus outputs. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. Great. Well, thank you for answering the question in such depth like that, too. And I appreciate the feed ratio because I think that really helped frame that up as well. So in the acreage that you have, right, and we're talking about water, we're talking about what you guys are doing. In the number of acres of, of leafy greens that you have in, the, you know, in production today, what does that equate to in what would be arable land if you were to convert that over to do exactly what you're doing in the dirt? Yeah, I mean, we're... Our math tells us you're looking at anywhere between two and 300 acres versus the, the just the 10 acres or just over 10 acres of actual production production space in the greenhouse. Yeah, you're looking at two to 300 acres wow. that you need to till up and farm. Wow. That's, um, I mean, that's unbelievable. But what's really amazing to me from a perspective of, you know, a, a, a guy that's been around the dirt a long time is thinking about what you can do placing these and being a part of community systems with this kind of technology and with this kind of um, business model that you have created. Um, because you can plug and play these really effectively. You know, you don't need, you know, 15 acres is a lot, but 15 acres is, is feeding the equivalent of 300 acres uh, elsewhere. And I think that's pretty impressive. Right. Well, and you're doing it in Wisconsin in January, right? So it's I'm not, not doing it in Wisconsin doable. in January. You're <laughs> yeah, doing it in Wisconsin yeah, in January. That's true. I'm the crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> you let me know how that works out. Send yeah. photos. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, one area that I think um, really excites me amongst all of what you guys do that, that I think is super, super cool is what you guys call Superior Fresh Family Farms. And I know that it's a byproduct of um, all of this. And it's become, um, it's really become a big project for you guys. It's become a somewhat all-encompassing in a lot of ways. But I, I would love for you to just 
get deep into everything and everything that you have going on um, with Superior Fresh Family Farms, because I think it's just absolutely cool. Yeah, no, you bet. Well, this is this this ties into um, specifically Karen's, you know, passion for um, for sustainability and conservation on the land side. And uh, it's really cool. You know, it really started from day one and try not to step too far backwards here. But uh, when we first got started in this, you know, the idea was to to grow uh, specifically walleye actually in a pond that was on the property and the vision for the property was just I mean it was way over my head at the time I, I was blown away um, but uh, over time we had it had slowly evolved and and um, the the amount of effort and time that's gone into restoring the we're actually on 800 acres but the amount of time that's gone into restoring this 800 acres is just it's really cool i mean we're we're 10 years into it and we've got another 10 years to go um i mean wow. it's it's that big of a project and i mean you only have a few months to really knock stuff out here in wisconsin right but i mean converting all the uh invasive species that are on the property back to um natives is is a huge challenge in itself and again you've got a short window every year um but i mean hundreds of acres is all being converted and there's a lot of the the land here was um conventional agriculture right soybeans and, and corn and and whatnot mm -hmm. and so that's all that's all changed now so um all those plots all, all those plots of land uh has been turned back in into natives um Let's see, we, we tap uh, maple trees on the property, which is really cool. Um, we've actually got upwards of, I think about 40 beehives on the property. So I used to be, actually my grandfather was a beekeeper. Um, so it's something that he kind of passed on to me and it's something I do for a hobby, but we've just taken it to a whole nother level now with over 40 hives or right around 40 hives on the property. Um, as a bee, as a bee guy, are you a badass and don't have to wear any protective stuff? You just walk uh, out and just kind of like keep them in check? What do you do, do it, like a bee whisper? It, it depends how I'm feeling. I definitely go out there without my stuff on, but I usually regret it. And I've got a mild uh, allergy to bees, so the bee stings don't, don't do Yeah, well I do too. Me. It's called fear. Like, I don't want to get yeah, stuck. Exactly. <laughs> That's my allergy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, but so, and then, I mean, yeah, the other piece of it is obviously all the production system water that we talked about earlier, that all gets irrigated right back onto the land. And so the, right. the soils, the soils here are, are, are not the best, right? And so uh, a very silty, sandy loam uh, type soil, um, very acidic, low in, in nutrients, and a lot of Christmas tree farming actually took place here. So you can think about right, years and right. years and years of, of, of farming uh, conifers on the property probably didn't do the soil so well, but they're, it's, they're natives. But anyways, um, yeah, converting that all back to its native state and pushing uh, for oak savannas and wildflowers and grasses on the property. I mean, that's one of the, the coolest pieces of the puzzle. It's just coming out here. It's like a park. I mean, it's just beautiful. And, and it's a byproduct. I mean, and so your waste, so your, your, your fish waste, you know, cause you guys, you guys do some processing on site and do you handle fish yep. on site that waste, the greenhouse vegetable waste and any waste water all move out to superior fresh family farms as compost, as irrigation, et cetera. So you're yeah. taking a byproduct of your project over here and rehabilitating 800 acres over here. Yep. You bet. Wow. Pretty cool. And then now do you guys now you let the public come out? Obviously, it's control type of thing, you know, pre post COVID, whatever. But I mean, you do do tours, you let people come on and check the place out, which is really pretty cool. Yeah, we've got um, and I mean, this summer, it should be a lot more busy. Obviously, last year with COVID, it was it was slow. Um, sure. But uh, lots of Boy Scout groups that come out. Um, we have the local fire department. They do control burns with us on the property every year. So that's cool. They use this as their, you know, kind of their training ground. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's tons of examples. It, it, it's really cool. These days there's actually ice fishing teams. So all the local, uh, high school, high schools come out and they have ice fishing tournaments on the property. So all kinds of cool stuff taking place on the they, land. They, every they don't go fit. They don't go. I mean, I would just take my team and fish for the salmon. That seems like it'd be a hell of a lot. Of warmer, yeah. a lot <laughs> You're guaranteed a catch. That's my saying. <laughs> <laughs> so on some of the projects you're doing now, like I said, I, and I know I interrupted you on the B thing a little bit, but I, you know, one of the things I found fascinating when I was doing my research, I mean, you got, you're growing mushrooms on there now. 
mm-hmm. you're capturing. Tell us a little bit about capturing the seeds from the from the project or from the from the farm. Sure. Yeah, we actually have we have plots of um, very rare native seeds. So you you go and buy native seeds. They're awfully expensive, right? So we bought a bunch of uh, very rare native seeds. Uh, planted them in, in various plots on the property, got those plants established. And then our crew actually in the summertime will go out and harvest all those seeds. We've got all the drying um, equipment and whatnot. We dry the seed, take the chaff away. Um, and then we actually apply the seed back onto the property. So that was kind of our, our step one, I guess, in the process was how can we uh, efficiently or effectively harvest all the seeds so we can continue to reapply it back onto the property. So yeah, that's another cool piece. And again, this is just a byproduct of the food, mm-hmm. right? It's just another give back. I have to say, Todd and Karen, it's a they're 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 cool people, and it's a it's pretty neat to think that this is a bigger part of the whole overall play, as opposed to just, we just do this. It's we do this, and what can we do from this? Right. And I think that that's really really commendable, to say the you least. Bet. Especially especially with your byproduct, with your waste. I mean you know, to be able to reuse that and rehabilitate the ground and take it back to a state that that property hasn't been, who knows, 50, 60, 100 years. Right. Well, it's all part of the same story, right? So, I mean, if we're going to be sustainability uh, or preach sustainability on the on the, the farming side with aquaponics facility, we're going to do the same thing on the on the property here. So that's, there's no doubt we're going to continue that effort. I think that's really commendable, dude. I really do. So let's talk a little bit about... Um, expansion what's on the horizon can you share any secrets are you going to tell me to pound sand (laughs) well if you tell me to pound sand then we already then the answer is already given no 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 it's good um yeah we we definitely got big plans right so we we refer to the wisconsin facility here and we're just ramping up our expansion right so we're we're just finalizing our um uh, our phase three greenhouse which was an additional seven acres so about 13 acres under glass um, that's, uh, actually we've been planting in it for a couple of weeks now. So that's, that's in production. Um, and then we are just finishing up our, uh, phase two fish house. Those fish are growing, um, and our production is increasing about week to week here for the next 16 weeks or so. Cool. Um, so as we finalize that up, we're also working on preliminary designs for our next project. So we've got some, uh, probably some exciting news to announce in, in the next few months. Uh, for on this podcast, you're coming back on, right? I get sure, you bet. Yeah, you're let's lying. do it. You're lying. <laughs> you're lying to me. I will. I will. I promise. Uh, no. You heard it here first. You're on, <laughs> dude, you're on video. You can't bullshit your way out of this now. Fair enough. <laughs> so what's, but what's on the horizon, you think, for the industry as a whole, right? I mean, and that's, I know it's a deep, 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 deep question, but um, what do you, what do you, you know, what is on the horizon for organic fish? I mean, do you, are you guys have hopes? Are you guys going to get in and start working with people on the Hill and, and the trade association and others to try to move this ball down the field? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we have to, right. So I, I know that's been sitting, sitting on the table for years and years, what it's been yeah. 12, 12, 13, 14 years or so, you know, that's I, a long I time. understand the com- I understand the complexities with aquaculture, right? It's um, there's so many different species of fish that we consume and there's so many methods into which we can farm those fish. So I can understand that there's some challenges that come with that. Um, but uh, kind of in the position that we're in and the way we're doing things, it only makes sense. So we've got to find common ground somewhere um, and, and get that process moving again. It has to happen. And, and, you know, hopefully we can be on the forefront and the leading edge on that um for sure so cool but well, i'm and i'm glad you are because i think what you're doing is important i think what you're doing needs to be celebrated and i think it needs to yeah i think it uplifts everybody right i mean it really does i mean i and i don't want to get into a big you know argument with the people out doing other other fish type projects but at the end of the day you're putting you know you're you're, you're putting up an organic fish on a non-gmo diet with none of the bad stuff. I mean, you didn't even use the word formaldehyde, which I know they could use in, in oh, other yeah. situations. Yeah, I'd, I'll leave the F word out of it. The only time you <laughs> won't have to hear me say the F word. Um, I think this has got to be uplifted, man. It's got to be celebrated, right? And I just think it's just so important. So I appreciate you being so open and honest about that. Absolutely. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. And, you know, 
you're a pretty inspirational person. You know, you're a young guy. You're a young gun out here in this deal. Uh, you don't have any gray hair yet, which I'm sure will be there soon. It's coming. It's going. It's coming. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but but I'm all about inspiration. I think it's you know you're an inspiring. You know, Superior is an inspiring story. So I want to ask you just a personal question: Who's who in your life, or, or you know, what's been inspirational to you? Sure. You know, that's that's a good question. I was thinking about this and. Think about it regularly. There's a lot of people that have inspired me along the way, and obviously the go-to would be my dad, right? Um, I know that. Sure. What what a great guy. Um, really, I mean, really showed me the way, and still does. I was talking to him earlier today. So, I mean, that that's you know first and foremost. You know, another guy that that inspires me every time I talk to him um, is Todd Wanick. Um, I the amount of um, time and effort that that guy puts into everything he does. And just the fact that he just, no matter what it is, he's, he wants to win. Right. Um, it's just really, really cool, really cool to see. And I've got people on my own team. I mean, you know, the Steve Summerfelts of the world and, and the people that work, work for me, um, inspire me every day. I mean, just the work that they put in and, and the idea the, the common goal that we all have and the hard work is just pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, I've had the good fortune of meeting Steve, and I think, and, and if you could, and I give us one minute synopsis of Dr. Summerfeld and who he is, because this cat is a baller when it comes to fish. Yeah, well, and Steve might hate me for saying this, but oh, who cares? He's uh, not on here. Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve has uh, probably the biggest brain out of any person I've ever met in my entire life. And he's, you know, be careful, right? But I mean, what what an intelligent guy! Uh, he just baffles me. The stuff that he can remember is unreal. And another thing I would say about Steve is he's the most genuine human I've ever met. I mean, he just just what a great guy great character and he says it how it is and for sure you know he's just awesome but but he's really i mean he's published i don't know umpteen amount of times i mean he is deep deeply involved in in um in RAS systems and with you know aquaculture i mean he is he's probably one of the leading guys out here in the country if i was guessing yeah, he is. I mean, we're 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 super lucky to uh, bring Steve on board. Actually, just over three years ago. Um, but uh, what that guy can do is just pretty incredible. I mean, from uh, one individual. I mean, I, again, we we do everything in house, right? So all our designs, uh, everything within the facility, all the engineering, all happens in 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 house. We've got a great team around Steve, um, but he definitely is able to lead the way, and he makes these systems operate. I mean, he. he just, just through Super the design, impressive. he makes it possible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. When you see the network of, of piping and stuff like that within the facility, it's just, it's crazy how he puts it all together. Pretty impressive, no doubt. It he's is. an impressive, he's an impressive cat. So we had to give him a quick. We had to prop him out a little bit. We need to give him. Oh, that's great. He'll like that. Yeah. So let me. Add, so sticking on the track of just kind of off the track a little bit. Tell me something sure. about yourself that nobody knows that you are willing to say publicly. No, if yeah. you want to tell me off the air, you can tell me what you just thought of. Because right. you're not going to tell that story. So now you're reverting back to story number two. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, only people that, uh, I guess, know me well and are close to me know that uh, big hockey player growing up. Um, actually, my dream was to be a professional hockey player ever since I was a little tyke growing up outside of Minneapolis. Um, you know, uh, Minnesota hockey state, right? And uh, grew, uh, grew up in northern Wisconsin then. And uh what an awesome spot to grow up. Small town, Eagle River, Wisconsin is a hockey, hockey town of, of Wisconsin. So I happened to move from Minnesota to the hockey town of Wisconsin and um, just fell in love with it. Um, played all the way up until college and a little bit at college. And then I would say at that time, luckily, I figured out that I wasn't going to make it to the big leagues. And so redirected and focused on the right stuff, probably. So, so. It's definitely a path because you're like, I'm going to go play in the NHL. And it's like, oh, OK, that's not going to work out. Salmon. I'm going to go fish. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> definitely a little bit of a head bob there. I don't think everybody no. I don't think everybody goes into that head bob. Right. Well, I mean, the, the real reason I guess I got into fish was um, 
you know, I grew up, I, well, I moved from outside of the Twin Cities and uh, moved up to a really small town up in northern Wisconsin. I mean, a town of 1,200 people. And um, we moved in my great-grandfather's old little cabin uh, right. out, on a, uh, out on a lake. And so I just had to embrace the outdoors. And thank goodness I, you know, had the opportunity to do it because, uh, I don't know, somehow it guided me. And I loved to fish. I mean, that was, that's what I did. I fished every single day growing up. So. Yeah, I'm sure the thought of you being in the house all winter long scared the crap out of your mother. So you had no choice but to get outside and find <laughs> yeah, sport. Exactly. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, kid. All right. Let's have a little bit of fun. I mean, we already are. Now. Let's have a little bit of fun. You're going to play a little TLC trivia right now. You're playing for huge cash and prizes. Literally, oh, you're boy. playing for over 100 and nothing dollars. So be ready. All right. So oh, here boy. we go. I'm going to fire off some answers and fire them right back to me. Okay. All right. Charcoal or propane? Charcoal. Good man. Good answer there. Um, so here's a trick. Here's a trick question. And, and I'll, I'll see if you see if I can get you on this question. Do you tie your shoes starting from left to right or going from right to left? Left to right. You don't know. I'm just no, kidding. I have Perhaps no idea. Yeah. yeah, no, I know you don't. You don't know. And, the, and what actually what I was hoping for is that you would look down to check your feet. Yeah. That was that's the whole gist of that question. <laughs> I see. <laughs> What was the biggest thing you got in trouble for as a kid that you're willing to share? Biggest thing all oh, that I'm willing to share. Uh, let's think about You something. can pass. Something Your mom's going to watch this. You can pass. Biggest thing I got in trouble for as a kid. Um, you know what? At a, a hockey tournament, I opened up one of the fire extinguisher doors in the hallway. And the uh, fire department was called for whatever reason, just because he opened it up and man, did my dad give me a hard time. All I did was open the door. Oh, well, you still screwed up. Yeah. Well, no, the fire department came. Somehow, somehow <laughs> I don't think the fire department came because the door opened. No, they did. I swear the fire department was there and, and then they got me on video. So then the, the uh, uh, person behind the front desk at the hotel came and found me and knocked on our door and said, we got you on video opening the little fire cabinet for the extinguisher. Yeah. Did it make the local news? It probably made the local news. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One one person one, one person you'd like to hang out with, dead or alive? Todd Linsky. Dude, there is definitely the right. That is definitely the right answer. Yeah, I knew you'd like that but, one. Yeah, that's not a problem. We've done that once or twice before. That's not a sure. problem. Here's what here's one to see we'll get you in trouble. Have you forgot your anniversary yet? Ooh, August 31st, 2013. That wasn't a question. Have you forgot it? As, uh, as the missus had to remind you for me after that. No, I still got it. All right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Dude, this has been a ton of fun. And I and I appreciate um, your openness and your um, sharing with us a little bit and, and, and really about something I feel really, really passionate about, which is, you know, as I've said before, is, is ag technology, organic 2.0 you know, making a change. And, and for me, it's an interesting perspective because I look at regenerative agriculture and I look at ag technology and it reminds me so much of what we went through, my peer group went through umpteen long time ago as we carved a path of starting to get organics into the mainstream and starting to build that runway to where, you know, we're fortunate enough to have the options that we have today. And it's interesting for me, from my perspective, to sit back and look at the struggles, look at how it's gonna scale, look at the hurdles that they're facing. And it's, it's kind of fun because I've been there and I've kind of done that and I can see it. And I'm so excited about this part of it all because it is the next step. It is the next runway. It is the next generation of farmers. And it does make a difference. I was talking with a guy, I just wanted to share this part. I was talking with a guy who's working with over a million farmers in India all trying to grow and trying to come into regenerative ag practices and stuff. And I think it is so fascinating to me to do better than what we did yesterday, whether it's through technology, whether it's through some of these other mediums, whatever it might be. And I just wanted to say from myself to you and to what you guys are doing with the team, I'm impressed. I appreciate it. I'm here to help you celebrate it. And I hope everybody else embraces what you guys are doing because it's extremely meaningful. And I think we need to remember that when we have some of these conversations. You know, technology is not an and or an or, right? And I think we got to can't look at it that way. It's an and. It needs to be a part of it, whether it's what you're doing or if somebody's helping somebody in the dirt with water, whatever the case may be. We've got to embrace this to get the ball down the field so we can better our planet for everybody. So that's a thank you from me to you. Thank you. 
Yeah, I got one final question I want to throw at you right now with our time. If you could just say one thing about Superior Fresh, what would it be? Changing the future. You know, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's one thing that always um, kind of blew me away. And that was Todd, Todd and Karen's vision of the future is unbelievable. When they tell me to plan, you know, five, five years in, in advance on anything, um, I'm thinking, holy cow, five years is a long time. But then I have a conversation with Todd and he's planning 15, 20 years in advance. And so where are we going to be in 15 or 20 years when it comes to, to water and how we're farming? Um, right. and, and this facility is setting the stage, you know, for the next step. Right. And so that's super exciting. Great answer, dude. That's a great answer. Again, I can't thank you enough for your time, your energy. Um, you know, you have an open invitation to come back so you can tell us where you're putting up new facilities so we can build awesome. them up and hopefully, hopefully got one close to me. That'd be nice. I dig, I dig having the fish and the greens close. Um, <laughs> though, really, honestly, Brandon, I really do appreciate your time. Everybody give it up for Brandon and um, go on their website, check them out, see what they're doing. Email them, harass them, ask them questions. He'll answer them. He's a good dude. So again, man, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. Likewise, sir. All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. We'll see you soon. Be good to each other. A huge shout out to Brandon and the team at Superior Fresh for what they're doing. I told you I was fired up. I told you this conversation was worthwhile. I think when you hear about what they're doing and why they're doing it and the way they're doing it, um, it's incredibly impactful. Um, agriculture, changing agriculture, talking about agriculture, promoting agriculture, moving agriculture forward is such an important part of all of our lives. You know, sun, water and food connect this planet. And it's really important that we keep elevating the conversation about food. So I appreciate you stopping by. I appreciate you listening. Uh, don't forget the audio version of this is available on all the podcasting sites, uh, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, et cetera. Uh, video versions available on our YouTube channel as well as tlc.organic. Uh, we have our Instagram page, tlc underscore Todd Versations. Again, we really appreciate your time and energy putting into this. We'd love to have you on. If you have a story to tell or you want to uplift your brand, you want to just chat a little bit and share with the world what you're doing, let's do it. This is what this platform's for. So we want to have you. So reach out to us. You know how to find us off the website, and we'd love to have you uh, be a part of the conversation. So I appreciate you being here very much, and thanks a lot. And remember, go inspire somebody today. It really will make your day, and I guarantee it's going to make theirs. Thanks a lot. Be good to each other. Bye-bye.